0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Today's episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a meal delivery plan that is 100% heart-healthy, plant-based, made without gluten, oils, or refined sugar. All customers receive eight meals and two sides for only $100 plus dollars shipping. They offer an exciting new menu each week that are shipped out on Mondays. Based in New Jersey, TriVegan delivers north to Vermont, south to Maryland, west to Pennsylvania, includes all major cities such as New York and Philly. There's no contractor commitment, and you all, my audience, can save 25% off your first order. Promo code capital L, capital Y, capital T capital Y yoga. That's lit yoga. Website is tryveganmealprep.com. Vince is a friend of mine. He is an amazing human being and I have this myself. This saves me time and energy and I get these delicious, delicious homemade meals delivered right to my doorstep. So try vegan yourself. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Friday with Friends, and I have a new friend on. Her name is Morgan Haley. She is a yoga instructor and an entrepreneur. She is just a Stellar human being all the way around. And I'm just so happy to have her here and ask her questions for you and for myself. Welcome, Morgan.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone.
0: So, first, let's start with um, I'll just tell a little bit of background. I was telling Morgan ahead of time. Morgan has been on social media for a while and has a really strong following there. And one of her followers, she has some really devoted followers, and one of her very devoted followers. Said to me, um, it was probably about maybe a, a year and a half or two years ago. Oh, the Southern Yogi, you should go help her. She has some kind of wrist issue, and I just know you could help her, and she's so lovely and all this stuff. And it was, it was just such a plea for this person that this person that she was feeling very passionate about. So I went over, and I I was telling Morgan I just had an immediate um, affection for her. I just thought there was something that just glowed through that uh, little Instagram square and I'm not somebody that really scrolls around looking at a lot of people so <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I oh. really appreciated that and so anyway here we are now I'm um, talking two years later practically and I, I would like you to just tell us about your venture into how did you get into yoga in the first place
1: so I began yoga oh my goodness six years ago now And I actually found it coming out of a place of, I was a competitive swimmer for my whole life. Um, So I started when I was around eight years old and I just like, I really like did the thing. It was year round, you know, there, there wasn't any days off. I, I wanted to go to the Olympics. I was like, I was in it for the long run. And then I think I just hit a place of getting really burnt out. You know, when you do a sport for 10 plus years, it just really starts to take a toll on you. Um, and so after I stopped swimming, I, I think I felt a little bit lost. I kind of had wrapped up like so much of my identity in the pool and like where I wanted to take my swimming career. And so I kind of dabbled in different areas of fitness. I guess you could say, I was like, I tried lifting in the gym and I tried spin classes and my very first yoga class I took was at a wellness center and you know, they offered all the other different types of classes, like boot camps and kickboxing and all that stuff. And um, I remember leaving after and I was just like, Well, that was boring. Like I didn't sweat, I didn't work hard, I didn't feel like I was gonna throw up after that. Was kind of like my my like mantra, you know, the competitive summer, like no pain, no gain. If you don't feel like you're gonna puke when you get out of the pool, then you didn't like you didn't give it your all. And so I walked out of the studio just feeling like I I don't know how I feel about that but I talked to the teacher after and he he knew I was new because he had a pretty like steady I guess um a steady flow of regulars that came to that studio and he was like if you give it three weeks and you know just show up just show up on your mat three or four times a week for three weeks like I promise you are going to start to notice a difference in your body and your mindset and I was like I'm very much one for goals. So I was like, okay, you say three weeks, like, let's do it. I've got this three weeks, like you're on. And he was right. After that, I was I was completely hooked. But I think when I started, I, I was probably hooked on like um a different aspect than many maybe most people end up coming to yoga for. I really I kind of got competitive with it. So when I first started, I was immediately like trying out handstands and doing all the crazy stuff and Um, that was when Instagram, I think kind of first was really starting to pop with like yoga challenges and yoga teachers. And so after I did his three weeks of classes, I went home and did yoga on my own for about a year, um, and didn't step into another studio during that time. And I don't know, I look back and I'm like, I'm really grateful for like ending up in his class, but I'm also really grateful that I, I had that first year to just kind of explore my own practice and my own body and like how it felt good to move for me. Um, And then after that, I did end up stepping into a studio again. And that's where my practice kind of really took off. So having like that space of being able to have that self exploration in, in that first year, and then move into a studio space after that was really awesome. And I mean, I could talk about So many things have evolved since that time and when I started, but that's, that's kind of how I first got into it was just coming out of competitive swimming and feeling like what is next and then finding yoga and having this whole other like world just open up to me that I didn't know anything about.
0: And what do you think spoke to you, even though you were, you weren't working, like you said, at that like high bar, what was it that did make you want to show back up? I mean, it
1: (sighs) You know, um, at the time, I think I really appreciated that there was no end goal. And with swimming, there was always an end goal. There was always a time I was trying to beat or, you know, whatever the next the next meet that I was working towards. And with yoga, it just felt like, OK, like, let, let me just like step back and like take a breath for a second. There's no race to get anywhere. And I think after going, going, going for so long, it was almost like I was literally coming up for air, (laughs) like getting out of like the whole swimming world and into something totally different where there is no, there is no competition. It's just you and your mat. And all you have to do is just show up on that mat, whether that, you know, sometimes my yoga practice was literally sitting in child's pose and crying my eyes out over something. And And sometimes it was a, you know, Ashtanga class. And I just, I loved the beauty of like how it just kind of ebbed and flowed with my daily life, which was really beautiful.
0: And it probably offered you something, I imagine, um, that being a, a very serious athlete doesn't always give you, which is that space to feel all the different things that come up. Sometimes as an athlete, you just have to, I don't want to say grind it, it, but you really have, I mean, I see it now. I work with a ton of professional athletes and I see like, like I, the tiger has a name. There's a reason for it. It's like,
1: Oh, it's like a laser, right.
0: You're going to just focus and you don't have time to feel you just got to, you know, and that includes feeling pain. Like I work with athletes who are injured and they just don't, you know, they're working toward the Olympics. They don't have that. It is, it is about how, how can I get back as soon as possible because I can't miss anything.
1: Yes, I can one hundred percent relate to that. I I feel like I'm still almost like working out of that mindset of I I mean I will say I, I have tried to work through injuries even after I started yoga because it's so ingrained in you as an athlete that you like you know no pain no gain like you work through stuff and it's been such a rewiring for me of you know understanding that there is such a beauty and like softness and the restorative practices. And like my body craves that now. I mean, the the yin and the restorative, and I I didn't realize how much I was like missing it until I found it. <laughs> it's like been amazing.
0: Yeah, it, it has been amazing. I think that when you are wired to compete, wired to succeed, and some of it could be also be like anxiety, you know, um, anxious people are rewarded a lot. I just had a podcast with a wonderful woman last week about this. And she was saying, you know, she was an athlete in high school and in college. And she said, you know, I didn't realize how much my anxiety was rewarded in this competitive way. It's like I got anxious about not, sh- like you said, being injured and not being able to perform, not getting the, um, you know, she p- played lacrosse. So like not starting, not doing her best, not making the most of the goals. And it's just, um, Yoga is—I don't know. There's so many great things about it. We all know, but it is that it gives you that opportunity to actually say, like, "Well, is this—is this anxiety actually serving me, or is it depleting me?" And if maybe sometimes I do, I just need to sit there and restore and not move, just because it, movement is what I'm accustomed to or thought yeah. I should be doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I—I I found even that sometimes I've made like the physical part of my yoga in a state for my anxiety or whatever I'm feeling. And like, I think, you know, so often I would if I've had anxiety in the past or whatever, I just, I just need to go get on my mat and and making that an escape instead of just like tapping into the other sides of yoga that is like sitting with the discomfort and just being instead of always like turning to something like that busyness to kind of get away Um, from anxiety. And I think that's been one of the more recent parts of yoga that I've tapped into is it's helping me understand that like sitting with those feelings and that discomfort is okay. And we don't have to do anything about them. Like it's okay to just be with them.
0: Absolutely. And it's interesting. I've been practicing for so many years, but it's my daughter who has really taught me that even more is through her own experience of having, she has anxiety Um, and she is a senior in high school, which I think everybody probably has anxiety as a senior in high school. (laughs) So hers is definitely part of, part of her maturation right now anyway. But what she has said is, you know, I'll say, Oh, well maybe you should do like, like, I'm offering her like the formula. And she's like, mom, it's just, it's okay. I just need to ride this wave. And that's what she had been learning. And I was like, oh my gosh. Cause I have never, I haven't, I'm not an anxious person. <laughs> I don't know why I have probably have other imbalances, but anxiety is not where I go to. And um, uh, so I've, I've learned so much from her that it's not, that it, some of it is riding the wave of it and being like, okay, like not just, Medicating it, or moving it, or running away from it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like I've learned so much of that from my partner Shauna too. She's like the first person that has, you know, that I've been with that has been like, it's okay, like to not fix anything, and And just so my
0: daughter will say, yes,
1: ah, and just like let it be, and you're like, wow, what a concept!
0: (laughs) What it is, and some people never get to that concept. It's so great to have. The, and it, it that is wonderful. She said that. I mean, that's exactly what my daughter said. She's like, sometimes, uh-huh. mom, I feel like you want to fix things. And that's just your nature, you know, and, you know, as her mom, too. But she's like, I just want I just need to feel this. And I was like, you're right. You're Uh-oh. absolutely
1: right. <laughs> absolutely <Beautiful." laughs>
0: I know. I know. When is your wait? When are you born? I'm just curious. Uh,
1: 1990 in September.
0: No, oh, in September. OK, I was going to see what you're. <laughs> Horoscope was my, my daughter is a cancer and it's like, I don't totally like some of it. I'm like, some of it totally makes sense. And some of it, I'm like, Oh yeah, whatever. Cancer. Who is? Shauna. Shauna's a cancer. cancer. Huge Mm -hmm. feeler, right? Feeler. Feel of
1: it all. Yes. (laughs) Does
0: she feel it all? I love it.
1: She feels everything. And she's a deep finger.
0: Totally. (laughs) And I love it. I just look at, I think I am learning so much from this gift of my daughter, who is the, big feeler and big thinker and you know it was one of those kids who would look out at like 6 years old I to Sean I was like this and was like I wonder what I'm supposed to do in the world and I was like wait just yeah. six.
1: just I mean <laughs> yeah she's in social justice like
0: there it's yeah it, you know <laughs> yes I know have it. I know my daughter is like yeah really into all all of that it's it's so, so- great so Another thing that really struck me is that we're similar. You and I are because I, when I started yoga, there were there were options for a lot of classes at the time. It was twenty five years ago, but I think naturally I enjoyed discovering a lot of yoga on my own. So I did the same thing. Like I had taken a class and then, but it was in New York City, and I don't live in New York, and I came and there wasn't anything around, so I just practiced on my own. Yeah. And just and I think that you know, twenty five years later not practicing because i feel like i had to be led or whatever that's never been my issue and i wonder if people so many people do get accustomed to like going to a class being led being told what to do i've had students who've come to my classes for years and they're like oh my gosh i i've tried to do stuff without you there and i just don't know but i think it's been such a gift and i'm sure you're this feel the uh, same way well, having discovered it on my my own your own I've, yeah I never felt like I needed to go somewhere or have somebody tell me what to do.
1: Ah, well, and I think the, the biggest thing too, is what, well, you know, as a teacher, when I always try to tell my students, like, I am guiding you through these poses, but this is your practice. There's something so sacred about like holding space for your students in that way. And I think, unfortunately, in many like class settings that get stripped away in a sense and they, you know, People do get accustomed to like, okay, I need to do exactly what the teacher is saying, and like, they don't ever have that freedom to explore what their own practice feels like. And obviously, there is a balance of like having a teacher, and like, I think everyone does need that, but also knowing that like, you first and foremost are your own best teacher. Like, no one else is in your body. No one else is moving in your body on your mat. And so, I just, I feel like that's so important as teachers to kind of, you know, like, just be made known to our students that they are they are their own best teachers and they know their bodies better than any of us and I definitely I my heart aches for the ones that feel like they don't know they don't know what to do on their mat when they get there and I think that's a fun thing to incorporate into classes is maybe like working someone into a pose and then being like, okay, like take a few breaths to like move into something from here. Like have some creative expression and freedom and and just add a little bit of that playfulness back into your practice.
0: I, I so agree. I mean I'm very um functional movement driven because so many people are not in bo- they're not in that place. They're coming from a place where they're really disembodied. They just yes. like from a neuromuscular standpoint um it's just we don't know what we don't know in some ways we do have habitual ways of moving and so my goal is always to help people kind of rediscover their their center and the balance around that not and that's where you know the name of this podcast is redefining yoga and that's a very broad idea but from the physical practice of it it's redefining like what it you know what is the goal there is no goal (laughs) there is no goal it's not to get deeper to be able to put your arm here and your leg here and right yeah get into a handstand i mean i love handstands just like you do right. but because it's yeah. because they represent so much more than just getting into you know of a, a kind of perceived advanced pose it's exactly. really about redefining like how we journey inward more and more and how we feel and how we think and how we um listen like again that you're not going to go into those places that. Don't feel right for your body. It feel right. like wonky, and and I that I was always a rebel a little bit, and I just did not like this whole like, you know, the ashtanga and stuff like that. I mean, I I appreciate the discipline, but this like do this five times, breathe here, ah. must look here, do that. I'm like, I am not fucking doing that. <laughs> I'm like, <am> just not. <laughs> that is just not me. And like you know, somebody barking orders, I'm like, I'm out of here. So yep. <laughs> I just. Yeah. Feel like, Yoga really is about discovering yourself, and that's where I feel like I was really reticent about Instagram for a long time because, at first, it looked very like all these people showing what they can do, and I have a really strong practice and I could do it, but it felt really like I don't know. I was I had a real hard time, and then when I said, "Oh, just be just be you, Laura. Just show like how you want to educate people. Like if they're not in your class." What's a little snippet that you can give? And when I started doing that, and I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. I totally did it like almost to 360. It felt like from a very like narcissistic standpoint to like, no, helping, educating, connecting, and all this. And I I don't ah. know, that was my path in it. And it's been really joyful. And I've connected with so many amazing people like yourself. And But what was your... I'm sure over the years, you've had that same struggle of like,
1: what is this all about? Yes. So, well, first of all, I'll tell you that my Instagram, when it did start to grow, it was just completely unbeknownst to me. I was was working as a barista at Starbucks. Um, I had, I guess you could say I quit my big girl job or whatever, basically what I went to school for, what I had my degree in, um, just because I wasn't passionate about it um went to Starbucks at, which I will say was one of my favorite jobs ever kind of my, seems my, like my an awesome
0: was, job <laughs> so
1: amazing like <laughs> I just love to make people smile and like my dreams to have my own coffee shop and just serve people yummy drinks and like besides the point I was working at Starbucks when um I found yoga and when I found the Instagram community, like I'd mentioned earlier, that was a huge kind of stepping stone in my own yoga journey to learning about it and all the yoga challenges that were hosted on there at the time, um, which it, they weren't, they weren't all over the place. Like they are now. And I really like, you know, those were my holy grail. I just like, I learned so much from those and I was like, okay, like this is really cool. I want to start posting, my own progress or my own tips that I've learned in my personal practice on my Instagram, because I've been so inspired by these other people. Like I would love to do that with my own page and maybe in turn inspire like another person or two. And I don't know if I just got lucky and got on Instagram at the right time or what happened. But within a few months, I'd gone from like 200 followers to 10,000. And then within a year, I was at 100,000 and it just it was kind of a snowball effect after that and before you know it i i was getting all these business opportunities and like i am not a business savvy person by nature i'm just that's, i'm not i've never really wanted to be an entrepreneur never thought about it um <laughs> all all this just landed in my lap and people were asking for ebooks and courses and how did you start yoga and i was like oh my word Um, so that's kind of when I was like, you know, this is actually a really cool opportunity to be an entrepreneur and, and, you know, take a step out of my comfort zone and share what I've learned. So that's when I took my first 200 hour back in 2016. And I wrote my very first ebook called Abbasanas and released it to all my followers. And that was kind of my first little stepping stone in this whole crazy online world of social media and business. And it's just been a huge journey from from that point to where I am now. But I, I'm i so thankful for it. I mean, it's taught me so much, just kind of learning on the fly. <laughs> Going Seriously, with all yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. What is some of the, um, like, you could really probably write a book, The Accidental Entrepreneur, but it's, yeah, it's the- really <laughs> capitalizing on An amazing opportunity. And, and I think that you, you probably had the good fortune of coming on the scene at the right time, but also the genuine, you know, again, you were, you were also wanting to share your genuine experience versus just show. And those are different. Those are different. And people can sense it. And so that's, I think, how you grew is people Uh can sense it.
1: I was thinking of that when you mentioned like your story earlier and how you were kind of shifting from one mindset to the other in the way that you thought about Instagram. And I, I truly think that if you are coming from that authentic place, people are able to see that, you know, they're, they're able to pick up on that even if it's through a screen. And I, I mean, it just sounds like, you know, where you were coming from, like where my hope was to come from when I first started was just from an authentic place of sharing. And if you help one or two people, then like you've done some good on, on your social media channel.
0: Yeah, Um, absolutely. So what are some of the things that you've learned from that experience, both like that were, that were great. And then not so great.
1: About like when I was growing my Instagram.
0: Yeah. Or just becoming an entrepreneur and the, like, because i can imagine i do know that um people probably won't be in the position you've been in but it doesn't take that i mean i remember i started getting offers for things opportunities without that many people following yeah and um it how did you sift through like what you felt like you could really stand behind did you have did you have like a stand i don't want to say standard but like or did you just say, you know, because at the end of the day, it can also be about business and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. If you're doing right. something well, you should get rewarded. I'm absolutely a big believer in that. Um, but had it, what did you learn?
1: Ooh, I mean, I've learned so much just with collaborating with other brands. I think my, well, first of all, my motto on Instagram has always been that I hope that when if you do ever meet me in person, I'm the same person that you expected just from seeing my page. And I would never want any different. And so I kind of took that into my collaborations and really, really tried hard to work with people that felt authentic to my page. You know, I've ne- <laughs> I would never really want to be one of those people promoting like skinny tees or you know, just stuff that you know, yeah, you could make money off of, but like, do I drink that on a daily basis? Do I believe in it? Absolutely not. Like I, and I appreciate my followers so much. Like I, the last thing I would ever want to do is sell them on something that is a load of crap just so I could make a few hundred extra dollars. Um, and I, so I've always tried really hard, first of all, to be a customer of the brand that I'm going to collaborate with. And you know, not only try their product, but hey, like let me support you all. Like, I want to actually purchase this lotion or this face wash or whatever it is and try it. And then if I like it, like yeah, let's collaborate and let's offer something to both of our communities. So that's kind of always been my my deal with it. And um, and you know, like the ones that that don't want to do that. I don't, I don't really
0: want them on my page anyway. So yeah, I think that's a great, no, it's a good standard, right? Like why would you, how would, how would anybody want to sell something that they didn't, that a, they didn't try or really believe in? It just doesn't yeah. resonate. And I don't think anyone is going to be desperate enough to do that. I would hope. You know, yeah, I hope, I
1: hope
0: that'll be short. <laughs> that'll be short lived anyway. There's just yeah, exactly. you know, there's just so many other ways to 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 market yourself, um, and actually think you hold, you actually hold your cards tight and get stronger with your own sense of branding when you don't just disperse to whatever comes your way.
1: Yes. So
0: that yeah. would be my recommendation, but I'm sure you would have the same one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just honing in on your few things that really like define who you are as a person and a brand. And instead of just, you know, taking everything that's out there and then you're just kind of scattered all over the place. And and honestly, like, I feel like that's a really great way if people are trying to grow their Instagram to authentically grow it. Is people want to, followers want to know what your niche is. And when you're scattered and kind of all over the place, it's it's hard to really figure out, like, okay, well, who is this person? Like, it's easy to pick up on like the accounts that know who they are. They're very consistent in what they post, what they believe in, who they collaborate with, and and I think people appreciate consistency and that respect. Oh, they
0: absolutely do. Because then they are, the, then it's like a friend that yeah. you that that hasn't changed. <laughs> you know. <Yes. laughs> so how, like, where you are now? What are you? Um, how has yoga changed for you and how has this platform changed for you? Not just Instagram, but just the platform of, of being, uh, having yoga as a career choice, if it is still like your primary career choice.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's shifted so much because like I said at the beginning, yoga was just a an activities for me. It didn't even plan on it being a career. And luckily for me, I loved it so much that when it did end up being a career, it, it was a very natural like shift and change. Um and right now, I mean, I just I couldn't be more grateful for I mean, I feel so lucky we're in the middle of a pandemic and I'm able to video my yoga practice and share it with an online platform and have that be my living. Like I just, I think I pinch myself every day. <laughs> Truly. And, you know, I will say on the flip side of that, like there are days where working for yourself, especially when it's something you're passionate about is really freaking hard because you're, you are monetizing off your passion. And in, in a way there can be a burnout of that if you're not careful. So I always tell people who are looking to make that switch from something being a hobby to a job is like, you know, dip your pinky toe in the water first. Like, don't give up your job or whatever you're currently doing, but like, take some time and play with it and sit with it and see if it's something that feels good before you just make that leap. And I don't know, I'm sure some people may just say, take the leap, but I, I've watched so many people get burned out, especially in the yoga community. I think when they, when they go from doing something to teaching full time and, and I feel so fortunate, you know, for me, I do have the online community that has made it in a way like much easier. I feel much more privileged as a yoga instructor to already have, clientele just like at my fingertips whereas lots of teachers are rushing from studio to studio and like that that can be really hard (laughs) and I respect, respect those teachers so much but I mean yeah it's there's definitely days where I feel it even just with online teaching and I'm like especially working from home and everything being on my phone it's so easy to work 24 7 and forget to take a break and I would say that's definitely one of my biggest downfalls is being like self-employed and an entrepreneur is like not giving myself enough time to just like set everything aside and just take a breath. No technology, no work, no phones, no computers. It's <laughs> that's hard. really hard it is. Yes.
0: So how ha- <laughs> how how do you do that? Do you have reminders? Does your partner help you? Like,
1: yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. When I started dating Shauna, we were like the exact opposite in that respect. She so funny story, we joke about this all the time. When when we, first, <laughs> when we first met, it was with a group of mutual friends. And um, I can't remember what we were talking about, but they were like introducing her to me and stuff. And I was like, Yeah, you know, my name's Morgan. And um And everyone else in the group, this is going to make me sound so terrible, but we're just going to laugh about it. Everyone else in the group has basically like followed me on Instagram, knows what I do for a living. And I guess I was just assuming that she knew that I was on Instagram and I was like, yeah, you want to follow me on Instagram? And she just about like dies and it's like, nope don't follow you on Instagram. And in that moment I just felt like the biggest humble humble pie. (laughs) I know. Right. Got it. (laughs) Little did I know this would be, you know, my girlfriend years down the road. But we look back and laugh about it now. But she um the whole reason I said that is because she's not really on Instagram at all. Um, technology, social media, she, you know, she would basically have a home phone and no cell phone if she could.
0: Oh my gosh. That's, that's my husband. That's yeah. totally my husband. And it's what great he because he'll be balance. like, you need to shut that down. You need to, yes. it's, yeah, it's really nice.
1: It's really nice to have someone in your life that is on that opposite end of the spectrum. And I, I do think we bring balance into each other's lives now. Like she really enjoys, you know, I'm like, social media isn't all bad. And now she enjoys sharing some of her social justice or criminal justice stuff that she really enjoys on her page. And it's really helpful for people. I'm like, look at you, you know, like you're getting yourself out there and you're sharing stuff, but it is, it is such a balance. And so we, we try really hard to find like one day of the week that is reserved just for us, you know, no phones. We try to take the dogs on hikes. Um, And then we try not to be on our phones, you know, when we're in bed or We're just kind of shut down through the night, have dinner together, but it is hard. I mean, I still find myself, I think it's always going to be a journey. Like I'll still find myself just habitually going to pick up my phone and check it. And I, in no way have perfected the (laughs) learning when to set my phone aside. I think it's just kind of a constant battle that I'm...
0: What comes back to that like personality that you had from birth probably, and you were driven... Like in the pool and all that, and you know, like you're. It's kind of like the job is never done. You show up, and so that's the hard thing. The job is never done, and we could always go back to our phone or our computer, and there could be something else to work on or some email to respond to, or and that that is um, both amazing and also really challenging because you have to you have to have the. It is a discipline to kind of set the parameters or to have somebody like our partners. Tell us yes. to, to you know <laughs> time to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, like my husband's like you got to turn it off at some point, but it's hard when you're really passionate. <laughs> about I know. what you do because it's not like random. Like I don't randomly sit there and scroll on on Instagram or like scroll on websites. Very rarely am I just like checked out. Like I'm there's a lot of purpose behind it, but um, and even there, there's just it's never ending. And I yeah. don't mean it in like, Oh, what was me? It's just that there's, there's always yeah. going to be something you can be doing in any kind of field that you're your, that you work for yourself.
1: I know. I know. It's hard to, there's no desk to leave all of your work at as far as like, there's no outside office, your home and everything. Like for me anyways, it is my office. So it's, it's hard to find boundaries there sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm like you, I wouldn't have it any other way. I've, I have worked for other people many, many years ago, like decades ago. And it's like so great to work for yourself. I feel really grateful. It really is.
1: Oh my gosh. It's a whole lot of work, but it is
0: so worth it. It is so worth it. So uh, tell me about like what you envision, imagine, um, for yourself in the next five years. Like where, where do you want to, like what's what are your goals dreams aspirations
1: oh my gosh so well outside of yoga just kind of like a life goal is Shauna and I would really love to move out of the city and just live on a huge plot of land in the middle of nowhere like the country somewhere have all of our animals we would really love to have just you know, kind of like rescue some farm mm-hmm. animals and maybe have a cow and a pig and some <laughs> Um I But honestly, that. I think being on social media as much as I love it, it's it's really made me appreciate the slower mo- moments where I'm not surrounded by busyness. And um we're so excited just to find somewhere. Actually, you said you're from North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. We've been looking at the Carolinas. We're just kind of considering them for... We've both been in Louisville, Kentucky our whole lives. Um, for the most part, I've been here since I was eight years old and she was born in Kentucky. So we, we've we never really like known any different. And I don't know. that's well, kind North of like-
0: Carolina is amazing. It's so beautiful. Oh. So beautiful. It really is. Do you want to go... Do you want to stay, do you want to go north or south or west? I
1: I don't know. All I know is my huge draw for them was like, there's the oceans and the mountains, but it's not as expensive as the West Coast. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's getting there. (laughs) North Carolina is getting a lot, a lot more popular for sure. Uh, But um, yeah, you're right. It's so lovely to have all that and really nice climate that it's never really, really cold. It does get hot, but you know, I'm sure Louisville yeah. is pretty hot too in the summer and it is. It that's is. just how it's going to yeah. be. But yeah, in the mountains, like if you went somewhere west in, in, um, you know, the Asheville area, that's pretty pop. That's getting, I think that's pretty congested there though. I, I'm from the Durham Chapel uh-huh. Hill area, which is central and that is okay. awesome. So amazing.
1: Oh, uh, it sounds amazing. I don't know. We'll have to see because my other half of that dream is opening up my own coffee shop at some point or coffee. I really want a uh, like space where I can serve people those yummy <laughs> drinks that's just like a safe space for community and then maybe have like a little studio attached to the side where you know yoga and meditation or whatever. But yeah, that's that's our five year dream is. Coffee, tea shop, yoga studio, someplace out in the country, but also close enough to where people don't have to drive an hour to get,
0: Yeah. Get, I don't know. Sounds like my life. <laughs> 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 I have a yoga studio. I have a little vegan cafe in it. And I live four miles from downtown Princeton, but I'm surrounded by five hundred acres of woods. So I just take my dog <laughs> and the hike. Yeah. So. Perfect. It's great. So that's what you do. You envision it like you're doing, and just yes. you'll, fi- you'll find it. You'll find it.
1: And I manifest it into existence.
0: You will. And just ca- talk to me yeah. about. um, <laughs> I can tell you all the, the things to do, and maybe I not. I will.
1: Do. I will keep that in mind for sure. Honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so wonderful to have you here. I just, um, I'm so glad to have connected. You're just such a lovely force to have in the world. And I can see that you brought a lot of joy and connection to so many people. And so keep doing that. And um, let's let's do this again. A nice little we'll have a coffee tea talk again.
1: Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy.
0: Thank you. And as always, for all of you, I'm pulling for you. Lots of love.